Oh, hey there. Thanks for choosing to listen to Conference Talk. This is Shelby. And this is Kevin. Tune in each week to hear us discuss a conference talk by modern-day apostles and general authorities. We love y'all, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Conference Talk, episode number ocho, which, if you don't know Spanish, that's eight. That's eight. (laughs) And we're going to talk about um, the talk, Come Unto Christ, Living as Latter-day Saints by Elder John A. McCoon. And he, this is the second talk in the Saturday afternoon session. That's right. This was one that I think Kevin said he didn't listen to very much, right? <laughs> he said that last week. Right, right. Yeah, Saturday afternoon session. Um, I definitely had intentions to come back from the break and get like super ready, super intense, super. But you know, uh, he does often do that sleep though. Yep. I mean, those, the brethren just have uh, soothing voices. Not even going to lie, guys. We fall asleep to them sometimes. Their talks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. Like on a, on a little afternoon nap, like a Sunday afternoon nap. Yeah. Put on Elder Maxwell and zonk out for 45 minutes. Hopefully it's only <laughs> that long. But what are we talking about? <laughs> no, don't fall asleep. During the prophets and apostles, the seers and revelators speaking. <laughs> that's that's like that's a bad idea to sleep <laughs> on the apostles' words. Oh. Well, you're you're repenting because you went and you know studied the talk. Well, sure, you know, I mean, for whatever reason, if you can't watch conference, you know, you can listen to it after the fact. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's like. And even if you did listen and watch conference the day it came out, you're not, you you shouldn't expect to remember everything. I mean, you're going to have to go back and treasure up the word and feast on the word, just like we do in the scriptures, because it's no different than the scriptures. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, If I may, I'll start us off. If I may. If I may, if I had a penny for every time you said, if I may, I'd have a lot right now. <laughs> You'd probably have a couple bucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Elder McCoon, hopefully that's how we, that's how, um, that's how his name is pronounced. He begins his talk um, referencing the previous talk by Elder Soros. And he mentions that he had the opportunity to hold in his hands one of the the early manuscript pages of the Book of Mormon translation in which uh, that very well-known passage in the Book of Mormon, 1 Nephi 3.7, where where Nephi says that uh, he will go and do, right? Mm-hmm. And he kind of goes on to talk about Nephi and his, honestly, like his his ability 
to persevere through some trials and uh, and some some adversity because he's so focused on the Savior, even in that moment of saying like, hey, I, I, I'll go and do whatsoever the Lord commands me because I know by his nature that Jesus Christ and, and thereby Heavenly Father, when they promise something, they keep their promises. So basically to say that in like a little bit of simpler terms mm-hmm. through scripture is the last end of that verse that he quotes in the very beginning is save he shall prepare a way for them that they may accomplish the things the thing which he commanded them. Right. So basically to me this talk was him showing how we can accomplish the way to come unto Christ with the things that he asked us to do. Like that would have been like my thesis statement mm. if I were writing about this talk. Right. Right. And then I would have outlined the talk from there about all the points that he brought up and experiences, which the one that I related the most to was about um, the blessing that was given to the little boy in the hospital. I think it was their son. Mm-hmm. Um, Just to like add a little bit of context for the folks, obviously they've, they've surely listened or read this talk, <laughs> right. but um, Elder McCoon and his family were serving a mission, and I'm not sure what he was, whether he was a mission president. A mission president. Okay, he was a mission president, and so, you know, sometimes when mission presidents are called young or early in life, they have their wife obviously come with them, and then some of their kids, their young uh kids and so apparently there was some kind of skateboard accident and when they rushed their youngest son uh, who was in that accident to the hospital um there was there was life-threatening injury to his brain yeah and he went into emergency surgery and uh i guess the part that related to me was the part where the family talked about, I guess it wasn't a blessing, but he, they all knelt on the floor together mm-hmm. in the empty room of the hospital. And um, it says, in the midst of this confusing and painful moment, we were filled with our Heavenly Father's love and peace. We didn't know what the future held or if we would see our son alive again. We did know very clearly that his life was in God's hands and the results from an eternal perspective would work out for his and our good. And it says, through the gift of the Spirit, we are fully prepared to accept any outcome. Right. And that related to me because I think I've brought it up on the Book of Mormon podcast, or maybe I brought it up on this podcast. But my grandma, when she was diagnosed with stage four cancer, which we didn't even cancer, I think it was cancer of the liver because she had masses. She had masses all over her stomach. Um, and they honestly don't know where it originated. And... I mean, they gave her a month or two to live, and she lived like three or four. But in the midst of that, within that first month, um, I remember so clearly being gathered together at my Aunt Brandy's house and my Uncle Aaron's house in um, Antioch, I believe. And the entire family, like uncles, cousins, all her children, all her grandchildren were there in this in, in Brandy and Aaron's room, this huge big room. Um, and she was sitting in a chair and 
my dad, Aaron, and Chris, my uncle Chris, my, and my uncle Aaron, I should specify, all laid their hands on her and gave her a blessing. And I can relate to that feeling because in that blessing, I knew very clearly that whatever happened was God's plan. Mm. Like it was confirmed to me through the spirit, exactly what he just said. I knew that whatever happened to my grandma, it was heavenly father's decision. It was not mine. And that I needed to have the strength to accept it and move on. Right. Yeah. You know, and this is where some people would ask that, that question, which I think when you, when you unravel um, the doctrines um, of the gospel, you do understand them. But some people would ask, like, why, why would a, a loving God make the decision to, to kill your uh-huh. grandma? Right. Like, but I, I, I understand what you're saying. It, I it's just, just, I mean, you, that was something that was completely out of her control. She can't stop cancer from spreading right. in her own body. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a if if I may, it's a it's a byproduct of the fallen world in which we live. It's an affliction, yeah. Which is a a trial that comes upon us that it's not really anyone's fault. It's not in our control, right? Is how I describe an affliction, right? And so I just knew very clearly that whatever happened was the will of God. Let's put it that way. And she passed away. And I will tell you, I have a testimony that I came closer to Christ because of it. And I think that's what this talk is talking about, is that through these examples he gives, and this was one of the very first ones, he he and his family came into Christ. And I'm a second witness that that is true. And that if you're dealing with the loss of a loved one or the possible loss of a loved one, that when you come to accept the will of God, you come unto him. And without even knowing it, but he, he, the next sentence does say it wasn't easy. The very next sentence says it. So he doesn't deny that it wasn't hard. He just says, I had peace in my heart and I, I had the same thing. It wasn't easy losing my grandma, but I now know, I mean, this talk made me think about how much her death played a role in my coming into Christ had a huge impact her her influence that she left on her life had more of an impact than i think her being alive would have and losing her yeah and i i think that you know your grandmother um was a, a convert herself mm-hmm. yes right so you know she was this pioneer for her family mm-hmm. she made those choices um which brought her, her posterity, like by, um, in, in the, I was about to say in the crosshairs, but she, she brought her posterity to Christ, like as, so that y'all would have the opportunity to receive the gospel, to, to gain a testimony for yourselves. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's just so, it's so interesting that something like that would lead you closer to Christ when by, by the world standard that, that almost seems like the opposite of what you should do. 
like say, hey, you know, God took this person from me. Now I'm really upset. Now I'm going to fight against him because I'm angry at him because I don't understand. But, you know, you you took Nephi's perspective. Eternal perspective. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. It's pretty cool. It's a, it, and it, honestly, this talk is what made me realize it. And, and that's the biggest thing I learned from this talk, to be honest, was something in my personal life. Now, all of you listening or Kevin, you may have took away something completely different, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to share that that was the biggest thing for me. And it made me realize that future events that happen in my life, um, future deaths that will occur, um, future trials, future afflictions, future sins, that all of that, if I choose to have an eternal perspective, will lead me back to Christ. And I will ultimately get to stand with my family if they qualified themselves at the last day in front of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and inherit everything he has planned for us with the Father. And that is a beautiful doctrine and beautiful picture to to imagine. I mean, I'll be standing there with my grandma. Like, that's that's cool. You know? Hopefully with you too, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of my family. But A hundred percent. I mean, think about, I think that's a good thing when you're in a trial and an affliction. Picture that in your affliction. Right? Like, picture the end. And think, okay, what am I going to do that's going to get me there right now? What decision can I make right now? And maybe that will help you. Sorry, table squeaked. <laughs> I'm humbled by by your testimony. I think it's appropriate that the next thing that Elder McCoon talks about is covenants. Oh yeah. Um and and he talks about he he mentions President Nelson's message, um, which he he sent out to the church and says by President Nelson, it says, our message to the world is simple and sincere. We invite all of God's children on both sides of the veil to come unto their Savior, receive the blessings of the Holy Temple, have enduring joy, and qualify for eternal life. And, you know, the, these covenants are what bind us to to one another. And then as, as a whole family the earth family binds us to our God. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the temple, everything that happens in the temple, Jesus Christ is at the center right? his atoning sacrifice. Um, everything that he taught and did. And the reason that that's so important is that, if you, if you try to, I was mentioning this on, um, in my thoughts a few weeks back, but when you're trying to get closer to God or when you have, you're here and God's there and obviously there's this gulf in between you. Mm-hmm. And when you substitute anything for Jesus Christ, it blocks out Heavenly Father. Right, like if you use idols as an example, or something that you worship other than Christ, um, 
it's it's blocking him out. But if you do focus on Christ, it, he's the express image of the Father in every way. They're the they're the same in so many ways, right? right. And so it aligns your worship to the Father, and it's almost like it in like a I don't know why it comes to my mind, but like in a video game, like when Tetris, when you're playing Tetris or something, mm-hmm. and you lock in like that row and it glows and breaks up there's a validation right there's like a a good feeling because you've made some progress when you put christ in the center of your view in the center of your life everything that you're doing is like referring back like you know what can i do to be more like jesus christ what can i do to you know receive the blessings of his atonement then there's a sense of validation. There's a sense of fulfillment. And that's the, that's the joy that he talks about that enduring joy, right. which can endure through any trials. Like for example, a grandmother's passing away. Mm-hmm. Joy was the result of that. Right. Joy and sadness though together. Yeah. But joy, joy is like a, at least in, in my mind, joy isn't just happiness. It's the, it's like a, a contentment and like a a satisfaction knowing Mm -hmm. that you've, you've placed your, in whom you've trust, uh, placed your trust Mm -hmm. was the right thing to do. Gotcha. For example, how examples of when I've, myself and other people that I've known, their joy has been full. I called up the missionary who baptized me and I told him that I had decided to serve a mission. And he just said, Kevin, my joy is full. He even said it. Right. (laughs) And then on, you know, through my life. Oh, making when we were sealed, (laughs) my joy was full. Right. Of course I was happy in the moment. Right. But the joy that I had, my, my, the fullness of joy came from knowing that this isn't just some little thing. This isn't just some temporary thing. Mm-hmm. This has huge consequences. Right. <laughs> and isn't that what Jesus Christ wants us to understand? That everything that we do has consequences. Yeah. Like... One of my favorite talks is Decisions Determine Destiny yeah. by Elder Nelson, or President Nelson. What's that? Or Thomas S. Monson. Yeah, President Monson. Sorry, there's another one that um, Nelson gives that's one of my favorites. But that one, he talks about how, like, every little thing, every little decision will affect eternities to come, right? Like... I mean, even if you just think of, like, this worldly state, too, it affects it. Because I'll give you a temporal example. My dad bought my sister a car when she was 16 from his work. They were selling it. It was a commuter car. Got a really good deal on this car. Brinley used the car. I'm so sorry. I thought my... (laughs) I thought my sound was turned off on my phone. (laughs) But Brinley used the car. And... Then 
um, the car sat at home when she was in Hawaii and I was on my mission, blah, blah, blah. Then I come home from my mission and the car's still there and I need a car to drive up to Idaho. So we take her car. Then I need a car to drive to Texas. So we end up taking her car. So anyway, I just get this car. That decision was made. I don't even know when Brinley turned 16, but it was like 2000, shoot, 2013, somewhere in there. 2020. One decision to buy a car has lasted, what, that's seven years, right? Like that decision affects seven years already. Like because of a good decision, there's some car that is here in Texas now that is benefiting me today, right? Because of a decision my dad made. Now think about that little decision that's only affected seven years, probably some more. Think about your decisions that affect eternity, right? Like forever. I mean, those little things like reading your scriptures, that affects forever because it affects the way you conduct yourself and the way you speak and your testimony of the gospel. What's that going to show your future children and generations and family and friends, right? Right. So what does that look like uh, even 50 years down the road and then into eternity, which is really hard to comprehend. That's why I gave the example of the car. But you get what I'm trying to say? I, I also like that you used the example of, of the car as yeah. like a type of Christ, right? Yeah. And that it reminded me that everything is the type of Christ. Mm. We talked about that right. in the Book of Mormon podcast um, a few weeks back. And I think that's at the, at the core of my analogy of like putting Christ in your view. And then if you try to substitute him with anything like the worldly things or even like really good things, like honorable goals, mm-hmm. if that's what you're pouring all your time into, like it's, it's the vanity of the world. It's, it's, it's not going to last, but that doesn't mean that you have to like shut out all those other things. It just means that you have to look at those things with a perspective of eternity, mm-hmm. but a perspective of Christ. And like the, the, this whole concept of come unto Christ, right? Like he wants us to follow him, um, you know, in, in thought and deed. He also wants us to follow him up from the grave, Right. He wants us to follow him into the resurrection, you know, and he will show us how to do that. So there's a quote that I think goes along perfectly with what you're saying that he just that he said in the talk. Um, He does mention about helping others come into Christ as well. Mm -hmm. And he says, our ability to help others come into Christ or return to Christ will be largely determined by the example we set, and might I add, the decisions that we choose through our personal commitment to stay on the covenant path. If our desire is to rescue those we love, we ourselves must stay firmly in the Christ, firmly with Christ by embracing his gospel and the fullness. I'm sorry, by embracing his church and the fullness of his gospel. So I think that talks about like perfectly what you're saying is that I don't know. I just felt like it tied in somehow, oh, but I yeah. lost my train of thought. <laughs> I see where you were going. Yeah. So 
now that we we can kind of close that little chapter of this podcast, the the paragraph just before that that quote that you just quoted, mm-hmm. he talks about how I'll just read it. Um, <laughs> the enemy of all joy might try to make us feel that we betray those we love if we ourselves continue to live the fullness of the gospel and teach its truths. Mm -hmm. This is so interesting. And it's such a little like insidious little deception of the adversary, which says that, for example, if you have a loved one who, and it goes beyond just, doesn't go to church. It, it goes somebody who's, who's a, who's just not living a Christ centered life who, or even they've made decisions which put them, you know, off the covenant path. Some might try to have you believe that as you continue to invite them to come back or to teach the truths of the the restoration, somehow you're excluding them or betraying their their trust, their love. And that's just so false. You know, and if anybody made you feel that way, then they're false too. And if anything, that's where the eternal perspective kicks in. There's a there's a talk about there's not a talk. There's a story about a Catholic a Catholic student who is studying to become a Catholic priest and his family basically just owns him when he joins the church. And they say, if you loved us, like you wouldn't do this. Right. Right. Is basically what they're saying. And he prays about his decision because at this point he was studying to become a Catholic priest and about to do um, his year of sabbatical and like, you know, the no speaking or whatever you do. He had done seminary and all that stuff. Anyway. So, um, his family basically disowns him and says, you're not helping your family and you're destroying your relationships. Da, da, da. And he prays and he gets the answer that he is loving his family by doing, by being baptized and joining the gospel and embracing it because it will affect eternity. And when they get to eternity and they learn about Jesus Christ and understand it, they are going to say thank you to their son for sticking to his baptism and the covenants he made. Which is where you really got to take your head out of a temporal space and put it into eternity. Because that you cannot understand without having an eternal perspective. Yeah. It's a really good talk. I forgot the name of it. It's a story. It's a talk. All right. Well, maybe we can find that out and uh, put it in the description. Yeah. Um, Well, there's a few other things that I highlighted. Um, Bill Carpenter. The conversion story of Bill Carpenter on YouTube. Nice. Go look it up. It will be the best, however many minutes long it is. I think it's an hour long that you listen to in your whole life. That's Amazing bold. miracles, stories, best investment of your time. All right. Highly recommended from Christ Center Conversations. 
Yep. From this talk, it says, In these latter days, Christ's church was restored in order to help Christ's covenant children stay on his covenant path. Um, it really has all the essential, uh, it says, all the essential blessings of Christ's atonement that can be realized only through participation in sacred ordinances. You know, a lot of our listeners, they are baptized, confirmed members of the church. Um, many of them are endowed. Uh, many of them are sealed, if only to their parents um, and, and some to one another, to their spouse. And I, I can just sit here and I know that that makes such a difference in my everyday life. The, the knowledge that I'm sealed to my wife, the, the prospect of blessings that can come by my obedience so that someday I can be sealed with the rest of my family. You know, the, those things, they, I'd probably say there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about those things at some point throughout the day, you know, because um, there's power in that. There's, there's a powerful truth. And I think the key is to figure out how to, how to blow that feeling up so that it, it, gets us off our butts to gather all of Israel, right? Mm -hmm. and because that's that's the goal, right? And, uh, you know, this I was, I'm preaching to the choir, <laughs> right? Everyone's like, yep, gather Israel. And I, Shelby's hungry, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap <laughs> this up. We're going to conclude. Uh, I'd like to conclude, and I, I've said this before, but... It is expedient that I reiterate it, that I repeat it. The gathering of Israel is this arc, is sometimes, at least it was for me, before I began studying it and praying to understand it more, it was like this archaic thing. And maybe it's because I didn't really understand what Israel was or who Israel or Jacob was. And I always thought to myself, like, the gathering of Israel, that sounds so like scripture, you know, like it sounds like something, it's hard to relate with that as like when, when president Nelson came out and saying that there's nothing more important happening on the earth right now than the gathering of Israel. So get after it. And I thought, man, I, if that's true, I need to, I need to repent and I need to read and I need to figure this out because I don't feel anything when he said, gather Israel. Hmm. And that's okay, you know, because we we can we can repent, we can change our thoughts if we focus on Jesus Christ. Because 100 percent Jesus Christ's only objective and always has been is to gather Israel, to to gather in his people, his covenant people, and take them all back to the presence of the Father. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I don't even know if I can add to that because it was so beautiful. Besides that, I have a testimony of coming unto Christ. 
And, you know, we didn't even talk about Nephi <laughs> in this talk. We did. We did? Early on. Oh, I guess I don't remember. Um, we talked about his uh, I Will Go and Do and why he was able uh, to go and yeah, do. yeah, you're right. I but, guess what I mean is that all these examples in the talk um, and stories and, and how we come unto him, they're doable. They're very doable. And gathering Israel should be something personal to you. And you should develop a testimony of it. And I just want to read the closing statement. He said, I bear witness that as we come unto Christ and live as Latter-day Saints, we will be blessed with an added measure of his joy. I'm sorry. Um, I was so excited to say joy. <laughs> an added measure of his love, his joy, and his peace. Like Nephi, we can do difficult things and help others do the same because we know in whom we can trust. Christ is our light, our life, and our salvation. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Hmm. And I just add my second witness to his testimony, to Elder um, McCoon's testimony and to Kevin's, that everything that they testified of and spoke of is true and I would just invite everybody to pray for an eternal perspective for anything in your life right now that's going on, whether it's good or whether it's bad, because it's important to also recognize when things are going well. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. So next week, we've got a living witness of the living Christ. By Bishop Gerald Cossey. He's the bishop, the presiding the bishop. The presiding bishop of the church. Yeah. Which I need to study and figure out exactly what that means. <laughs> <laughs> like, I understand that, like. Yeah, it's part of, like, the organization of the church. Right. Yeah. I want it's to figure that DNC out. It's in section like 84 or something like that. You know when it talks about the priesthood and the elders and the teachers and all that? That yeah. section, it's in there. Okay. Well, Maybe that's, it's 124. That's something know. that I'm going to add to my studies of this, like so that I can understand his role. And then I'll, and I believe I'll understand more about what he's talking about because I understand his, his objective, right? Yeah. Um, we forgot to tell you all, but we're working on getting a guest for this podcast, our first one, and we're excited. We just don't know which talk they want to do yet, so we'll yeah. keep you all updated, but maybe it will be next week. Who knows? So many talks. Surprise. So little time. Actually, there's plenty of time. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I want to eat some food now, so <laughs> let's be real here. Yep. We're living human beings, and we're not perfect, and I'm hungry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, y'all. We will talk to you next week. Definitely tune in to that Book of Mormon podcast because we're in Second Nephi, the Isaiah chapters. We're getting after it. Come in there with us. Bye, y'all. What's something you learned from this episode of Conference Talk? What are your thoughts, impressions, or feedback for us? Be sure to write them down and let us know via Facebook or Instagram at Christ Center Conversations. Press forward, saints!